Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest Good morning, Edwin. Good morning, Andrew. It's a new day. It's Monday. And we're moving to a new chapter. We certainly are. We're looking at Matthew chapter 12. I got to tell you, I'm glad that we are sitting down getting to do this podcast today. Over at the uh, Roberts house, there's no school this week. No telling what all we're getting into. <laughs> well, I hope you guys have fun. I hope this is a very thankful week. It needs to for be. For you and your That's family. exactly right. Yeah, exciting. It is. So well, let's see what's going on in Matthew chapter 12. Okay, I'm going to read Matthew chapter 12. I am going to read verses 1 through 8. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry, and they began to pluck heads of grain and to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. He said to them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God and ate of the bread of the presence which it was not lawful for them to eat, nor for those who were with him, but only for the priests? Or have you not read in the law how on the Sabbath the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are guiltless? I tell you, something greater than the temple is here. And if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless, for the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Wow, there's a lot going on here. I guess one of the things that I'm wondering about is if they're walking through somebody's grain field, are they really just allowed to pluck heads of grain and eat them? I mean, uh, it seems like the Pharisees aren't accusing them of theft, but that's kind of what I thought. Like, <laughs> you're just going through eating somebody else's wheat? What You know, what's that about? Well, I think that's a part of the gleaning laws. Oh, the gleaning laws. Under the law, they were, they were supposed to leave things at the corners of the field and leave things behind so that those who were poor were able to glean and take for themselves. And I think that's what they're making use of here is that they are... They're gleaning. Does this underscore the idea, as Jesus had already taught his disciples, that the foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head, that there really were occasions where they would take advantage of, of gleaning laws because they're hungry, and this is where food is. They're hungry. They're essentially homeless at this point as they're traveling around on their itinerant journeys. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they're taking, they're taking advantage of this law that God had in order for Israelites to take care of Israelites. So there was, a, there was a blessing here. There was a provision that God had designed to help and to benefit his people, and it was the, the gleaning. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they're taking this, they're eating, and the Pharisees are saying, you're breaking the Sabbath. You're oh, doing yeah. what so is not lawful. So that's the next thing. It's, it's okay to go and glean and eat somebody else's wheat, but it's not okay to do it on the Sabbath Sabbath day. Right. What they're accusing them of is working on the Sabbath. If we're going to pluck these things off and I'm going to rub them in my hands, that's essentially harvesting. And we wouldn't let you harvest on the Sabbath. I mean, if you couldn't harvest this whole field, you can't do half the field. And if you can't do half the field, you can't do a row in the field. And if you can't do a, a row in the field, you can't do half of a row in the field. And if you can't do half of a row in the field, you can't do a stalk in the field. You guys are working. You're violating the Sabbath, we need to stone you. So, so there's no room here for the, just kind of an incidental, I'm hungry. <laughs> I have no intention of harvesting this field. That, that's not part of it. 
I'm well, I certainly do not believe that what's going on here is kind of a situation ethics. Mm -hmm. uh, these these guys are not at the point of starving. Mm -hmm. So it's not an issue of ox in the ditch per se. I could understand if they hadn't eaten for a couple of months and finally they get to a grain field that we might could use the, the ox in the ditch. They're starving. We can do good to a person on the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. I think there's something else going on here. Okay. I, I know for um, a long time, I usually jump onto the first thing Jesus says about David and eating the showbread. Right, and I know there have right. been lots of sermons that have been preached on that. There have been lots of discussions about that. This time, as I was reading the chapter, I realized that I had always been so distracted by that that I had never spent a whole lot of time on the second thing that David says. I, I, I want to look at that. Have you not read in the law how on the Sabbath the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are guiltless? Okay, so verse 5. That's an interesting question there. Priests profane the Sabbath, and this is something talked about in the law? Well, I don't think there's ever a place that says the priests are profaning, but I do believe that he's referring to, for instance, laws like we find in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 9 through 10. Okay. On well, the I... Sabbath day, two male lambs, a year old without blemish, and two tenths of an ephah of fine flour for a grain offering mixed with oil and its drink offering. This is the burnt offering of every Sabbath besides the regular burnt offering and its drink offering. So this is the offering that the priests were supposed to be giving every Sabbath day. So there's a law. Specifically on the Sabbath. So we have a law that says, do not work on the Sabbath. Uh -huh. But we also have a law that says, priests work on the Sabbath mm -hmm. in the mm -hmm. temple, offering these offerings. Yeah. And the idea here is that these offerings being offered in the temple, the temple itself, this is, this is what I'd never thought about before. Tell me what you think. What Jesus is really saying is that the temple itself, because it is God's dwelling, because it is the holy place, mm -hmm. because they are serving the temple, what they are doing in the temple is actually not profaning the Sabbath. They are guiltless of profaning mm -hmm. the Sabbath because the temple itself makes what they're doing holy. Not that they could just go do anything in the temple and it would be okay. Not that they could just go do anything because they were temple servants and it would be okay, but because they were actually serving the temple according to God's will, it made their work on the Sabbath day holy. It kind of ties to then the authority of God himself, that he is setting forth this um, process and rules about how he is to be worshiped and honored in the temple with the sacrifices. And actually, his law then stems from that same place about the Sabbath. So if this is specifically teaching about ministry and service to God, that is actually in line with Sabbath keeping, which is also about an honoring God. Yes. Not a contradiction of Sabbath no. keeping. No. It's all about honoring God in his same revealed system. Here's God's plan. Here's what God has done to make us holy. They were supposed to keep the Sabbath day to be holy. Yeah. They're supposed to offer these sacrifices in order to be holy as God is holy. They are in the holy temple, the sanctified temple. They are doing sanctified work that is sanctified itself by the temple yeah, because of by the, the holiness of the, yeah. Of, yeah, by the virtue of its God's dwelling place right, yeah here they are in the very presence of God doing God's work and that makes what they're doing on the Sabbath even though it is work that makes it holy and that's what Jesus brings to mind here can I tell you how uh, I'm appreciating this I am appreciating just trying to have a broader understanding of the temple and its significance not just that it was this 
building, but really how it played out in the minds of all the people. Uh, For Jesus to take this to the temple, what could be more holy, what could be more godly uh, in the minds of the Pharisees and anyone he's talking to? Nothing, except, Mm -hmm. well, God himself. Which gets us to Jesus' second part about this. He said, have you guys not read in the law how the priests are profaning the Sabbath, uh, but they're guiltless because it's in the temple? And then he moves on into verse 6, I tell you something greater than the temple is here. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Exactly. That's my response. Exactly. This is his statement. Why is all of this okay? Because something greater than the temple is here. Let's, Let's back up now and think this through. What Jesus was pointing out is the priests were working on the Sabbath. What would, what would normally be called profaning the Sabbath, what would normally be worthy of death, all the way from the very beginning, breaking the Sabbath, profaning it was worthy of death. Even just picking up sticks mm-hmm. on the Sabbath, we see, is, is worthy of death. But Jesus says, because they are serving the temple, because they are in the holy place, because they are in the very presence of God, doing God's work, they are guiltless. Mm-hmm. But now there's something greater than the temple here. Yeah, so then to bring this and talk about Jesus' disciples uh, ministering to themselves and, and to him, he's saying he is greater than the yes. temple. Yes, that's exactly what he's saying. We now have this, uh, I don't know if we can call it a battle or a conflict, that's between Jesus and the temple itself. But The temple was there in order to house God, in order to house the sacrifices right, so that right. the people could be made holy, so that God could dwell among them. Now Jesus himself has come, and that is God tabernacling among the people, mm-hmm. as John 1 would John point out 1, to yeah. us. So here is God among the people who has come into the world in order to make the people holy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's saying, look, there's something there's something better than the temple. There's something greater than the temple. If the temple, if service in the temple made them holy even while profaning the Sabbath and made them such that they are guiltless, mm-hmm. these disciples are with me. They are in the very presence of mm. God. God. So there's an apologetic thing I want to get back to here in just a moment, but what we have is Jesus is declaring that he being greater than the temple, we we automatically have to say, well, wait, what is greater than the temple? It's not that the sacrifices are greater than the temple. It's not that the priests are greater than the temple. It's what is greater than the temple? God who dwells in the temple is greater. And Jesus is now saying, God has come into your midst. And if if the priests, as they are serving God in his very presence, obeying him, are guiltless in everything that they do, then these apostles, in everything that they do as they are serving and ministering to Jesus in his very presence, in the very presence of God, they are guiltless. And so that seems to go right along with uh, the end of the paragraph in verse 8. If we're saying that Jesus is asserting, and I believe he is, he is God, he is greater than the temple, well then verse 8 says, the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Yes. I'm greater than the temple. I'm greater than the Sabbath. I'm Lord overall. Well, we can get into all the questions about what his actual logic was about David and about the temple, but the bottom line, what Jesus points out is they're allowed to do this because I said, 
Yeah, yeah. And Jesus is the one person in all of history that's able to do that because he is God in the flesh. And it's not that what he's allowed to do is, okay, here's a law, but because I said you can break it. It's the fact that being Lord of the Sabbath, he understands what the Sabbath law really is. And so if he says it's okay then it's okay yeah. because he is the creator of yeah. the Sabbath law. He is the governor right. of the Sabbath law. He is the Lord of the Sabbath. He is God. And at the bottom line, Jesus is telling the Pharisees, they're allowed to do this because I said so. And uh, I'm God. Yeah, I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm I said so and I know what I'm talking about. Well, you know, Paul in 1 Corinthians, he's going to make an argument and say, you know, I know people are going to disagree with this, but they need to recognize I have the spirit of the Lord with me. Yeah. And what Jesus is saying is, I know people are going to disagree with me about this, but what they need to understand is I am the Lord. Yeah. It's a step up from what Paul was saying. <laughs> a, little, a little trust there. Hey, um, just kind of in passing here. There seems to be a rebuke really of the heart of the Pharisees. And why does this question even come up about the grain? Because verse seven says, if you had known what the, if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. You're, you're coming from a bad place on this. It's not even about, you know, the glory of God and, and this, this, um, you know, the sanctity of the Sabbath. You have no mercy for your fellow man. You have no mercy. You have no understanding of what sacrifice was really supposed to be about. Uh, you guys have the idea that if you keep these letter of the law rules about the sacrifices, that that means you can kind of do whatever you want. And I was telling you, no, no, th look, yes, here's this, here's this thing that helps bring forgiveness. But what I really want is for you to obey me. Right. I, I want you to be merciful and just. And not, obey the Lord. Not do whatever you want and then cover it up with a sacrifice. Yeah. yeah. And I think there's going to be some things about that for us. So real quick, you said there was an apologetic. Yes, thank you. I, I, I just want to point this out. For all the folks that are always telling us Jesus never claimed to be God, mm -hmm. I don't know how you get a more direct claim to be God than I'm greater than the temple in Jerusalem. Temple. Yeah. Jesus is claiming to be God. It would have been heard that way Absolutely. by the Pharisees. Absolutely. Here is our Lord Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, greater than the temple, and he is the sacrifice and he produces holiness, and he is the one that makes us guiltless because he is the Lord. Fantastic. I mean, just amazing. We hope that you have a great week and can join us for every episode of Text Talk. If you'd like to ha get more information, uh, send us an email, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org. We're going to have a prayer now. Our great God and Father, thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for the time to look at your word in Matthew 12, to think about the greatness of Jesus Christ, one greater than the temple. Father, help us to feel the weight of that, and the power that Jesus is Lord. We see, Father, your goodness for your people throughout the ages, the joy of a Sabbath to bring rest and renewal, not to be oppressive. Uh, grain laws, Father, that you would provide for those less fortunate if they might walk through there and, and get a little something for themselves. You, you are mindful of all of our needs. You meet them all. The greatest need is salvation. Thank you for bringing Jesus to provide that as well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. 
You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.